You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from www.makeuseof.com. Welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Christian Corley. I'm joined by Ben Stegner and apparently the World Wide Web as well. I don't know why I put that in. <laughs> We're joined by the World Wide Web? Like the I, entire web is here with us? Well, maybe. You never know. It might happen one day. But uh, no, in the intro, I said, instead of saying makeuseof.com, I said www.makeuseof.com. Like you was, have to specify that. You yeah, can go to from, a different website if you don't have that. Apparently. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm from the 2002 or something. Wow, that was interesting. Um, so we, yeah, we are here to uh, discuss the uh, latest of the tech news that matters to you, and goodness me, some of it will matter to you today. And then, uh, you know, the usual show, we uh, talk about something that will help you make better use out of your technology, and then we'll finish off with a recommendation. Uh, first of all, I haven't spoken to you on the podcast for a few weeks. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I had a, a week off a few weeks ago, which was great, and then uh, back in the saddle. Apple event this week, which is always uh, big for the site. A lot to talk about. So, yeah, doing okay. Keeping it real. Nothing, nothing too exciting in you know in life, but just uh, <laughs> keeping on. I always I feel like that's always my answer. It's never like, oh yeah, I you know I flew to Fiji last week and now I'm I, you know some grandiose story. I'm a pretty simple guy. <laughs> Maybe you should prepare a story like that sometime. I should. Yeah, it'd be uh, story time with Ben. <laughs> so we're recording this on the twelfth of September. Apple has launching its new iPhone. It's the iPhone 15. Yeah, th these are big events, aren't they? This one took place at the Steve Jobs Theatre at Apple Park in California. And the event was called... I mean, the event even has its own name. It's not like Nintendo has a Nintendo Direct. Apple is capable or prepared, and people will accept this, that it gives, it, gives their events these crazy, slightly hippie names, like Wonderlust. They, it would be funny to look back through those. They always do that. And they've done that for a while too, yeah. like on the website. Like the one that comes to mind for some reason is on the Safari browser page, like on the Apple's website, the page for Safari. I remember it used to say Safari, the best way to see the sites, S-I-T-E-S. -E like I thought that was clever. Mm. They always do something like that. Like it'll be like iPhone 13, more iPhone, more everything, or like that kind of, like they always have like a tagline for the phone. I wonder how they come up with those. Must be hard to do after so many years. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I'm I'm happily married to Linux, so I'm I'm not going to go running off with Apple, as sexy as she may be. But <laughs> they have for a long time had. I mean, back in the uh, back in the, back in the nineties, for example, Apple was a very different kettle of fish. Certainly, in the first half of the nineties, as an Amiga user at the time, I felt that if I was going to get a different system. It wouldn't be an Atari because there's like there was a rivalry between Amiga users and Atari ST users. It would it would probably be an Apple rather than a PC because the PC, you know, that was IBM and Microsoft evil collaboration of two massive companies. And Apple's always had that sort of um, artistic. What's the word I'm looking for? Just just artsy fartsy. Uh, no, no, I don't want to say that. I don't. I mean, yeah, in that direction, but in a more respectful way. It's always been more, it's, that has been the, what the Apple does, really. Uh, the Apple computer and the iPhone came along in, in 2007 with its uh, touchscreen that uses our built-in styluses and, or styly. It's now th that device that uh, everyone f kind of fancies and lots of people go out and buy. My wife's got one. Uh, I'm happy with my 
Android phone. So it has an entire culture around it, doesn't it, in a way that other things don't. I, th- I think is yeah. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> in I think a you're very long-winded right, way. Yeah. yeah, the Apple event is like, like everybody kind of knows it's coming. I think because I mean, other companies do this now more consistently than they used to. But for a long time, uh, at least the last I don't know ten years, Apple has done the like the event in September yeah. for the new phones. You know what's coming. Usually, iPads are in like March. It's like Christmas or Halloween almost. Yeah, like you know what's coming, and it's like kind of. I mean, especially the last several years. I mean, it's been a while since we've had like a one more thing. I mean, I guess Apple Vision Pro earlier this year is kind of the first one more thing in quite a while because that's their first brand new product in some time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but you're right. It is kind of like a Christmas for Apple fans, and yeah, it's, it's kind of just you know it's coming, and you can kind of count on it. So yeah, it's always a big time. And what is coming? Well, four new phones: two iPhone 15 Pros and an iPhone 15, and an iPhone 15 Plus. And, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm, my, I don't have the eye for this. They all look the same to me. But obviously they're slightly different sizes and have slightly different cameras. And can you tell us a bit more? Yeah, it is funny how for a long time, it was like almost every year of the iPhone had a slight difference to it. Like you could tell like the iPhone 4S didn't have the um, fingerprint scanner in the home button. So then when the iPhone 5 came along and had that, you could see that on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was right. It might be the 5S that had the fingerprint scanner. But for a long time, there were like enough visual differences. But ever since the iPhone, I mean, really the 11 pro started adding the three cameras onto the back it's really pretty hard to tell the difference between them at a glance um so the biggest couple of differences with these phones from the event uh, those couple hours ago um they the iphone 15 pro and the pro max are going to be made out of titanium so apple said that it's lighter i don't know how much lighter and it is um more durable so that's kind of a fairly big change i believe it was Mm. mm, they had a glass the older phones have a glass back i don't know exactly what they're made out of um but it'll be but, titanium for the pro models and then the other big addition is USB-C for the charging port um which was yeah. expected and i think we had more to go over on that so i don't, I don't mean we'll really come back to that a little bit later yeah, yeah. sure uh, so these these phones they all have different price points don't they they do, yeah. So typically, the um, the iPhone the iPhone 15 is the like the baseline model, and then the Plus is just that phone, but a little bit bigger, and it costs a little bit more. And then same thing with the Pro model. So you have the iPhone 15 Pro, and then the Pro Max, which is um, more or less the same phone, just larger. Um, they can cram a little bit more camera tech into the bigger um, Pro Max, so there's a little bit of a difference there. But other uh-huh. than the battery and the battery life, it's the same, um, everything under the hood. So the iPhone 15 will be available starting at 128 gigabytes, um, 800 US dollars. Um, okay. That's the and the iPhone 15 Plus will start at uh, 900 dollars. Okay. Uh, that's the like stock price for the lowest amount of storage. Yep. And then I believe the iPhone 15 Pro is going to start at a thousand, which I think was the same as the last year's. Uh, there were rumors that the Pro models were going to cost more, but what they've done is that so the iPhone 15 Pro costs the same, starts at a thousand, and then the 15 Pro Max is starting at twelve hundred but it includes uh, 256 gigabytes of storage. So the cheapest one you can buy, or the least expensive, I should say, the least expensive model is the same cost as last year's model. It's just that there's no 128 gigabyte option. So more expensive in the sense that you can't get it for less, but not a raw price increase because you're getting the same amount of storage as in yeah. the past. So in the that's, UK, that's, the, that's the starting storage, obviously. 
in the UK, the prices are roughly the same. They're like a digit out. So 799, 899, 999, and 11.99. But of course, the iPhone 15 Pro Max, the big version, is $1,600, I'm guessing. It's 1599 yeah, crazy i mean that's for a terabyte of storage which i imagine most people don't need um when i got my i, I have a 13 pro right now which i got two years ago i have 100 i have 256 gigs on that and i have maybe 110 gigs used and i could easily clear some out if i needed to so i don't think most people need a one terabyte phone unless they shoot video on their phone all the time and it's their primary device for that that's a lot of money for a phone though yeah, uh, Tim Cook has tweeted, meet iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max powered by A17 Pro, which ushers in a new era of Apple Silicon. These products unlock new performance capabilities, amazing photography, next level gaming and more. And with an all new titanium design, there are lightest weight Pro models yet. Uh, this microchip is uh, stated to be 10% faster when it comes to processing power, while the graphics processor is 20% faster. That particular point, so uh, I, I imagine most uh, listeners and you will remember, I'm not a big fan of mobile gaming um, yep. for various reasons, but so I don't really care about like gaming performance on a phone. Um, I mean, I'll play like a casual game on a plane or something, but I'm not playing like long games uh, on my phone. I was surprised to see in this presentation uh, for the iPhone 15 Pro line, um, they showed Resident Evil 4 remake and Resident Evil Village running on an iPhone. Um, I don't know exactly what part of the upgrade, I guess it's the GPU, um, that enables this, but it's like the same games that are running on PC and consoles um, running on a phone, which I thought was pretty crazy. I don't really, I haven't really played too many mobile games that are like graphically demanding, so I don't really have a good baseline for what like really good graphics are on a phone. Um, but they talked about the ray tracing capabilities and just the fact that a modern remake can run on a phone is pretty impressive to me. I don't know what the performance is like, but that was cool to see. So I suppose the big question is, should someone who has, I don't know, an Apple 13 upgrade to an iPhone 15? I think it really depends on your needs and interests. So um, a couple of different scenarios. I would say if you, so the, the iPhone, starting with the iPhone 13 Pro, the Pro models have had uh, 120 hertz screens, um, which means they have a higher refresh rate, so things look smoother, which is a big deal on a phone because you scroll a lot. So if you have the baseline iPhone 13, um, you may want to upgrade to uh, the iPhone 15 or Pro. Um, the biggest difference uh, between last year, the iPhone 14 and 15, the base models, is that uh, the iPhone 15 has the dynamic island, um, that feature that was introduced last year. Instead of the notch at the top that has like the camera cutout and all that, now it's called, they call it the dynamic island. And it's basically a little black oval, uh, an elongated oval, and it can change for different things happening on your phone. So for example, if you have like an Uber coming, it can get a little bit bigger and it can say, hey, your ride will be here in seven minutes. Um, or if there's a timer, it can show you the timer like on the screen. So it kind of, it adapts to different sizes to show you information um, based on things that you have running. So if that interests you, uh, maybe upgrading to the iPhone 15 is worth it. Um, if you take a lot of pictures with your phone, probably, and you're really into photography and it's your primary camera, could be worth it um, having two years of camera upgrades. I would say if you're just a casual user, you don't really game a lot, you don't really take a lot of pictures, probably not worth it. I feel like the differences between phone generations now are so minimal compared to 10 or 15 years ago um, that it's not 
you can get away with every three years easily if you're a casual user. So it's really up to what you prioritize in a phone. I wanted to mention the action button on the iPhone, uh, the Pro model too. That's one other thing I thought was cool. What does that do? So the iPhone, the 15 Pro and Pro Max, um, they made us another small change. So every iPhone since the original has actually had a, uh, a silent switch. And all that is is on the left side above the volume buttons. It's a switch to turn off mm. the ringer. So you just turn that off and your phone will only vibrate. It won't ring for calls or anything. So they're changing that on the Pro model of the iPhone 15 line to where it's actually a button now. And you can customize it to do whatever you want. So by oh, default, right. it's still a silent ringer switch, but you can change it to be um, to turn your phone's flashlight on or to uh, start a certain app, maybe. And it's compatible with the Shortcuts app, which, if you know about that, it's a very customizable like workflow maker, basically. So you could create a shortcut that, like, maybe say like when you leave work, for example, it texts your spouse that you're leaving work. It sets your smart thermostat to whatever degrees, and it starts navigation on your maps app so you know the traffic that something like that you could set up a shortcut and just press the button and run that shortcut so it basically gives you another button on your phone to do things without having to go into the menus and do them whether that's just turning your flashlight on or whatever so i do think that's pretty neat um especially since buttons are kind of disappearing on phones it's cool to have a more customizable one i'm pretty sure most android phones do that I, when we were watching, I was watching the event with some uh, other folks at the site. Uh, we were chatting in a Slack channel while it was happening. And um, I said that actually that one of the things I miss about using Pixel phones is that you could double tap the power button to pull the camera up, which was really useful. Yeah, um, That's one of the, the kind of, uh, a gesture isn't the right term, one of the shortcuts I miss. So I do think that is uh, is handy, yeah. Yeah, I've used a few, uh, f- few of those, um, you know, those uh, Russian or Chinese, um, those those sturdy ones, those robust ones that we reviewed a while back on the site. I don't think we get so many of them these days. That you know the ones that like, like threw off a cliff or um, oh yeah, those like water. super heavy dude. Yeah, yeah, those things. Yeah, they always have a lot of buttons, and you, some of them are programmable to launch apps or um, customizing some other way. But it's good to see it on Apple anyway. Now, this isn't all that they've released today or announced today, is it? That's yeah, that's correct. Um, they have also announced uh, new uh, excuse me, new Apple Watch models. So we have the Apple Watch uh, Series Nine as well as the uh, Apple Watch Ultra Two. From what I saw, so I currently have the Apple Watch SE, which is like their scaled back model. I have the first generation of that. Um, I do plan to upgrade because I've had that for a few years. Um, one of the coolest, it looks pretty similar to last year's model. To be honest, the Series Nine, there's not too too much to talk about. Uh, I think most of the improvements will be with the OS. One of the coolest new things that they introduced is called the double tap gesture. And that basically lets you, if with your thumb and your index finger, if you make like a like an okay hand sign and you just tap them together twice, that's gonna be a new way to interact with your, with your Apple Watch. So they said it like, I think it like measures movement in your blood flow, like whatever your vein or artery does when you make that gesture, it like reads that, which is pretty crazy, I think. Um, so for example, like if you have an incoming call and your hand is busy, you can do that gesture and take the call. If there's a timer going off on your watch, you can do that gesture and shut the timer off, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I think that's pretty neat. I like, like we were just talking about gestures. So that seems to be the main big addition, um, with this model of Apple watch. And then the Apple watch ultra that's aimed at, um, like an outdoor enthusiast, that kind of thing. So that's much more expensive. I'm not too familiar with the first generation of that. So I can't really comment on the uh, improvements there, but, um, two new options for, uh, for Apple watch enthusiasts. Excellent. Look, they look like minor upgrades, but you know, if, if you haven't gotten a new one in a while, 
um, definitely a lot to like. Uh, well, we're moving on now, but we'll be returned to the topic of Apple and the new iPhone a little bit later. But before we do that, I caught my wife, I uh, know I caught my daughter actually on my wife's tablet the other day, browsing through Temu or Timu or Temu, an online retailer. I, I raised this with my wife because um, apparently a conversation that we'd had previously about uh, Temu's developers having uh, been involved in some uh, shady operations prior to this particular app project had not um, been received and understood quite as uh, fully as I'd expected. <laughs> and, um, you know, my, my wife was basically like, well, it's, it's just the same machine. And I said, no, it's not. I think a lot of people have been caught out like this. Now, I mean, I'm not a big fan of uh, Chinese shopping sites anyway, or Chinese apps. You know, they are a privacy nightmare. But Sheen is uh, quite well known already, and they are suing Temu in the British High Court as part of its copycat row. So basically, Sheen is accusing Temu of copying thousands of images from its website. So... Um, Duplicate products, duplicate descriptions, that kind of thing's going on here. But specifically is the case of they've identified thousands of instances where sellers on Temu had used pictures taken from Sheen's website to market and sell their products. And uh, I've uh, been looking into this, and uh, Temu has really sort of uh, marched along a bit. Certainly in the US, it's uh, over the past uh, sort of start of the year, I think it, the Super Bowl commercial this I think that was this year. That was kind of the right. first time I really heard about Temu. That was like a huge campaign. I think that was when most people started using it here. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Well, since about September 22, uh, their market shares expanded considerably. They're, they're squeezing against Sheen and Amazon and AliExpress in terms of um, app downloads. So, which means that, you know, and, and Wish as well is, uh, been, is suffered with this. Now, obviously, AliExpress and Wish and Temu and Sheen are all Chinese. Amazon and Walmart, obviously, US. The point is, of course, you've you got more shopping apps on your phone, you're less likely to use one of the others. And when Temu and Sheen and, and Wish are throwing, uh, you know, all these special offers and these ridiculously low prices for, you know, basically what is pretty often just trash. Uh, <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, it's <laughs> hardly surprised that so. people are, you know, signing up and uh, grabbing these deals. We um, regular listeners when I was I holiday in Portugal recently, and there was a store nearby where we were staying called House of China, and it was owned by some Chinese uh, Chinese family, and it was quite a large shop. I was surprised how big it was, and it was just full of the sort of stuff that you would see on Sheen or AliExpress, and. Uh, which obviously means to to those of us who you know are a little bit interested in what we buy and the quality of what we buy means a lot of um, drop shipped garbage. Yeah, well, counterfeit goods basically. You know, oh yeah, yeah, counterfeit yeah, right. transformers, like you know, dodgy cheap radios, all that sort of stuff with um, dodgy logos on, etc. And yeah, you know, it's 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 things like that. There's this proliferation of these apps, and. Um, it's not great that lots of people are using Temu, lots of people are using Sheen, and lots of people are using AliExpress, and lots of people are using Wish. And, you know, there's, there's the opportunities to get things that you maybe wouldn't get in the UK and Europe or in the US and Canada in without paying massive, uh, mass, you know, massive import uh, charges, what have you. But these, the, all of these apps have massive risks in using them. You've got, you've got 
huge privacy issues. You've got bad practices by the people that are using them to sell through them. And then you've got these bad competitive practices between the apps, the, the sites themselves. I don't know how this is going to play out, but you know, if you if you um, if you want advice over this, is stay clear of these sites and these apps. I, I would totally agree. I'm not too familiar with them because I'm just not in the target market, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, a- any limited interaction I've seen with these apps and all that, I, they just they just scream just copy and pasted garbage. I mean, it's I, I get the appeal of like, oh, you can get this stuff for cheap, and I guess. If you go into it in the th- in the sense of like you know when you go to like the dollar store with your kids and just get like cheap toys with the expectation that they'll last you know about thirty minutes, I guess that's fine. But to me, there's just especially with the clothes and stuff, it just to me is so junky. And it's just like you said, it's just all built on rip offs of rip offs of just it. It just all feels very like shady and uh, just not something I really want to be involved in. I think we talked before on a previous episode. I, I saw a video about Tembu. It was one of my first times I really learned about it. That the way they do the like get stuff for free, and it's if you invite, you know, ten friends, you'll get a Nintendo Switch for free. And then when you invite ten people, it's like you're eighty percent of the way there. Just invite five more people, and then you do five more. You're eighty. Like they they keep moving the goalposts, so you keep inviting people that hopefully spend money. And it's just it comes across as very slimy to me. So not something I would recommend people support. I agree. <laughs> Okay, we promised you more Apple iPhone talk. And, you know, the the big deal about the iPhone 15 is the European Union's insistence on the uh, addition of the USB-C cable port, which replaces the Lightning port, doesn't it? That's true, yeah. So Apple has used the Lightning port, I believe, since the iPhone 5 or 5S, uh, which was like in 2012, let me look this up because I don't want to sound stupid. I would say it's roughly about that if you're wrong. Yes. So yeah, so Apple has used the lightning connector since 2012. That was when the iPhone 5 released. So the old 30 pin connector was very old. That was used yeah. on older iPods and the first couple iPhones. So yeah, so this 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 um, connector has been in use for it was 10 full years, I guess. Um, yeah, so USB-C is the, uh, the name of the game for iPhones now. So um, yeah, that will be a big, not, it's not a big change, I guess. It's just what other phones have been doing for five plus years. But yeah, this means if you, um, you know, you're maybe you already have an, a USB-C cable for your, if you're an Apple user, maybe from your newer iPad, your MacBook, even your uh, newer AirPods that use USB-C, um, you can use that to charge your phone. If not, uh, it is a cable that, or as like, I shouldn't say cable connector type that has been kind of the standard for several years on a lot of new devices. So if you've bought any uh, earbuds, wireless mice, video game controllers, anything like that probably uses USB-C. So you probably have uh, a cable already around the house. So yeah, yeah, whether this will actually accomplish the EU's goals of reducing waste, I don't know. Um, But I I mean, USB-C is nice that it's, and also the iPhone, the lightning cable was a USB-2 speed. Uh, and the USB-C port on iPhone now will be compatible with USB 3.0 standards. So yeah. if, if you transfer files off your phone regularly, you won't be limited to technology from 15 years ago anymore. Which is an, obviously an advantage. I mean, this is what's what's behind it, as you say, though, is um, the European Union, and I think China have also encouraged this as well, although maybe not for the same reason, is, is cable waste. Is it this um, idea that people have, um, people toss away 
cables that don't work properly. And because Apple uses the Lightning cable and everything else uses USB-C or up until recently uh, micro USB, which is that um, sort of very narrow rhomboid-shaped connector, that um, Apple was somehow some sort of outlier. Now, the fact of the matter is, of, of course, you can still get devices that use the, 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 the micro USB cable. So it kind of makes the whole exercise pointless, in my opinion. Now, on the other hand, it's a good opportunity for uh, Apple to upgrade data transfer speeds, obviously. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner. I kind of am, too. I mean, the only thing, the, the main perverse incentive that they have is obviously to keep people buying their adapters and everything else, yeah. you know. Because if you want to connect your headphones, you can't, you have to buy lightning headphones. You can't buy, up until now, you sure. can't buy USB-C headphones, all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, and it, I mean, I there's been a whole move over the past couple of years, I'm sure that people have noticed. Um, yeah, the, I, the last couple of iPhones don't include like a charging brick in the in the box, like like the part that plugs into the wall. Mm-hmm. They still include a cable. Um, I guess the thought with the EU and other just general governing bodies is that like as people just have so many devices, you don't need a cable with every new device. So I guess that does make sense. Like everybody, I, I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I had like a little weekend project where I had a, a tub with just a million cables and I went through and reorganized them much better because every time you buy something, you get a cable. Yeah. And if you you're do. like me, I always say, oh, I, I should keep this. I might need it, even though I could get rid of 80% of the ones I have. But yeah, I try, I usually have, like I have one place in my house with a bunch plugged in and I have like one of each. Cause of course I still have a Kindle and a wireless, um, battery pack and a few a few miscellaneous things like that that use micro usb i'd love if it was all USB-C, but we don't live in that world yet unfortunately which i mean the, the waste thing is uh i mean there's obviously an element a large element of truth to it but there are various things we can i mean we don't have to just chuck them away and you know as, as ben says you can keep them in drawers i've done this same exercise myself recently and uh, reduced things down considerably and then uh, kept like cables and adapters and things rather than having like thousands and thousands of the same solid cable i've sort of reduced it to like two or three of the same solid cable whatever and kept the adapters because they tend to be useful um when you most when you least expect it i found so i keep them all in ikea bags so i've got all my hdmi cables together i've got all my usb cables together etc that's now, what I if, did too. I, I put mine in big like gallon storage bags. And the thing is too, the other frustrating part is that a lot of the cables you get with the devices are off. Like you buy a battery pack and you get a little, you know, six, like six inch or, you know, whatever cable. And it's like, this isn't useful. Like when am I ever <laughs> going to want to plug this into like, a, like not even a foot away from an outlet. So I tend to buy like, like I bought a pack of lightning cables. Cause you know, I have one in my car for Apple CarPlay. I have one by my couch so I can plug it in when I'm, if I'm sitting there and it's low, I keep a couple around the house, you know? So it is nice to have them all use the same connector. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like people probably buy a pack of them and then they have them. Reuse them in some other way if you can, but you know, if they've worn out and they're damaged, then yeah, you probably bin them. They're, designed to carry electricity so you don't want to risk any fire or burns or electric shocks so do find a safe way of disposing them if there is uh you know if there's an electrical recycler nearby that uh will will collect these things then uh, you know you can search for them online and find them uh usbc is a, a, a great advantage of course it does mean that if you're buying a new iphone or ipad i'm not ipad yet ipad's not 
some I, the iPad Pro models are. I don't know exactly right. every single one. I don't know if right. every single iPad available right now uses USB-C, but a, but an increasing number of them are, and the new right. MacBooks are too. So okay, so that, that's coming. Um, you know, if you've got a dock, you may need to get a new dock. You know, like uh, I I just bought Kerry a 2021 iPad a few days ago because prices dropped for okay. obvious reasons, and she needed a new iPad, and. You know, it still works with uh, the dock that she uses for a phone. It's got a, you know, it's got speaker built in for listening to music, etc. It recharges in, it displays the time. Doesn't get us up on the morning. That's usually my job. Um, that's that's not about <laughs> entirely. Um, but the point is, yeah, you know, we can keep using that. But if you're going to be getting a new iPhone 15, you're going to get you and you use a dock. You're going to need a new dock. I don't think an adapter is going to be useful because you know it's going to unbalance things. It's going to wear out the sockets on both devices probably as well. Yeah, so. better to just start fresh. But I mean, the good news is obviously USB C has been around for forever, so there's no shortage of. USB. It's not like it's a brand new connector type you have to worry about. Yeah, and wireless charging is always an option too. I use that sometimes as well so that shouldn't be changing um so if you have a wireless charger keep going with that you don't need to change anything there by jove it's recommendations time it's that part of the show where myself and my co-host uh, we we bring you something that we've enjoyed over the past few weeks or the past week and uh enthuse about it and tell you why you should probably try it out yourself it might be a tv show or a movie or a device or quite often this happens when i'm talking to ben a game although you know gavin's almost as guilty as we are as well mm-hmm. for this. do you want to go first or shall i uh you go first i feel like i've been uh, monologuing about iphones today okay that's fair enough so i'm going to tell you all about the tato milestones 2 collection which is out on Nintendo Switch. I'm not sure if it's out on PlayStation 4 slash 5 as well. Um, What this is, a collection of some of Taito's greatest games. These are the arcade versions that run on the Nintendo Switch. I I should uh, just state here, for reasons of clarity, I was given a free copy of this by a PR company for for review for my um, retro site. But I was really pleased with it. Now, it's a collection of 10 games. They're not all great. Uh, I <laughs> had to get the um, children along to uh, play a couple of with them, a uh, cu- couple of them with me, and, uh, you know, the, there's uh, a few that they didn't like. I'll go through them. You've got uh, Kiki Kakai from 1986. You've got the New Zealand Story from 1988, Darius 2 from 1989, Metal Black from 91, and Gun Frontier from 1990. There's also, I don't have the years for these, Ben Barrow Bay, Solitary Fighter, Legend of Cage, Liquid Kids, Kids, and Dynarex. Now, the price of this collection in UK terms is thirty-four ninety-nine. I imagine it's around uh, twenty-five to thirty-nine dollars in the US. Let me what? check. It looks like yep. it's forty forty US dollars for 40. Tato Milestones two here. Yep. Okay. So it's forty dollars in the US. Now the reason for, I, I you know ten games for forty dollars is great. I'm a big fan of retro games. So ten retro games for forty dollars is like Christmas. It's come early for me. But what this collection has, as I've already said, is New Zealand Story. I am a big fan of let's say. Um, Gun games, run and gun games, shooters, not so much platform games. But if there's one arcade platform game I ever took to, it was the New Zealand story. I absolutely adored it when I was a kid. And I know there's a very good part of it for the Amiga that came out in uh, around 89, 90. 
And I wasn't able to get hold of that. And it's been years since I've seen a working New Zealand story machine. So to actually have it running on the Switch, it's just like playing the arcade machine. Obviously, you know, as close as you can get without it actually being an arcade machine. So I was so pleased to have that. Also, Darius 2. I was um, previously introduced to the Darius series uh, a few months ago. And uh, Darius 2 comes a little earlier than the games I've played previously. But it, it's, it has that, um, it has the, the, uh, where you choose your path after completing a level you choose your next direction to go through a new level so you can change you know each game is slightly different so you're choosing a different path through the game okay. so uh they're they're just good games so overall uh, metal blacks are a good game as well overall this is a great collection which i would recommend and of course i say new zealand story really really like it i have to say i was a bit um baffled by kiki kai kai I was uh, about uh, 30 seconds into it before I realised I'd played it in the arcades a long time ago, uh, which is, it's a kind of a, um, it's a it's a karate kind of a game where you run along and uh, throw shurikens and kick people and then jump ridiculously high. And <laughs> it's very silly. It's fun. It's a bit tricky, though. It, it's, it, it, it lacks a little bit of uh, finesse, I think. It's fun otherwise, but uh, yeah, overall a good collection of games. I I, I am sad to say, I, I don't think I've ever heard of any of these games. I've heard of Darius like in general, but I've never, yeah. like I, like looking at this collection, I am not familiar with any of these. So this would be a good, uh, arcade games just because of when I was born and the fact that I never really went to arcades, um, like I've never, never really been my thing. Like I don't know much about them. So it's cool to have these repackaged and uh, available and into experience like we always talk about having them be preserved so are you i i also see by the way that um i looked up new zealand story and apparently that is available on switch alone uh, ah. through the arcade archives some of those, those right, like, yeah. games that are marked as that it's eight dollars by itself so um for forty dollars you're getting 10 games that's obviously a lot better value than uh, spending eight dollars for just one what have you got? The game I wanted to mention is called uh, Splitgate. I don't believe I've talked about it before. Uh, Splitgate is basically, I'm not a, I, I feel like the trope of referring to games by saying it's like game A combined with game B is very overdone, but in this case, it is the best way to describe it. Um, it's basically like Halo's gameplay mixed with uh, portals from the portal game, the puzzle game. So, Basically, it's a like spacey shooter where everybody is able to shoot portals on certain surfaces and teleport between them. Um, so it's kind of like an arena shooter in the sense that everybody starts in most modes. Everybody starts with the same basic guns. And then there's like certain points where like a shotgun or a sniper better weapons spawn and they spawn every so often. Anybody can pick them up. So it's not like Call of Duty where you like create a class and, and run with that. So um, I discovered Splitgate, I don't remember when it was, a year and a half ago maybe. Um, it was still in beta at the time, and I forget where I heard about it, and I ended up really liking it. I've really never played Halo. I love Portal, but it's a puzzle game, so kind of not the same thing. But never really played Halo, but I ended up really enjoying Splitgate. Um, it's just simple and fun. There's a lot of different modes. Um, there's a no portal mode if you want something more traditional. There's more competitive modes like um one more when you die you're just out and it's like the first team to win five matches or five rounds um there's goofy modes like um zombie where when you die you you move faster and you have like a baseball bat to hit people with you're trying to be the last man standing um it's really really fun uh 
it actually unfortunately is not in active development anymore uh the game's developer in about a year ago i want to say basically said that the game got so much bigger than they expected so rather than try to like build on the game that didn't really have the foundation to do that code wise they were going to start a new game so the game is still available to play there's like an eternal battle pass you can just keep earning um so it's free on all platforms, um, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, not Switch, I don't think, um, but it's a lot of fun. So if you kind of have a hankering for like an older school shooter, or you think the idea of a shooter with portals sounds fun, and it really is, um, I definitely recommend that it's free to play. So there's no uh, problem, you know, there's no worry about the price if you don't end up liking it. And uh, yeah, it's a small, it's a small group of people still playing it, but a really good time. Oh, uh, well, you give us a link, we'll put it in the show notes, and then we can check it out. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I hope I think people would enjoy it. It kind of depends on what kind of shooter you're into, but I like it. I, I love Overwatch, as I've mentioned before, but that game, like the competitive mode, it's just a lot to keep track of. So it's kind of fun to have a different game to just jump in for a few rounds and yeah. have a few laughs and it's less serious. So yeah, I hope the studio's next game is at least this good because this game was a, very much a surprise for me. Like it was just fun. I mean, it's, it's the only way I can describe it. Okay. Excellent. Right. Uh, so check that out. Splitgate. Excellent. Well, you know, uh, that and link to everything else we've discussed in this week's show, you will find in the show notes. We'll be back with a new show next week. Until then, it's goodbye from us. <laughs>